Hi, good evening. It's uh, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, and the parish is by Yetzeh. The first pasuk, the first pasukim are in the sheet, if you're looking at the sheet, by Yetzeh, I'll be looking at a chumash that's also good. Take a look at the chumash. By Yetzeh, Yaakov, mi Be'er Shava. Be'er Shava is the name of a place. By Charana. Haran is the name of a place in Bobel, in Iraq. Uh, so he went from Eretz Yisrael Be'er Sheva, and he's going to Harana, right? To Haran, the place Haran where Avram Avinu was. Look at the second Rashi. The second Rashi. So, so Rashi has a complaint about the Pasuk. And his complaint is that there are too many words here. The Pasuk says, well, it should have just said, Yaakov went to Haran. Why does the Torah have to say he left Beersheba? I mean, in order to get to Haran, you have to leave Be'er Sheva. I mean, even I could figure that out. That's what Rashi says. Ela Magid, Magid. From this we learn, this we learn, Yitziat Tzadik Minamakom Oseh Roshim. That when a Tzadik leaves a place, it leaves an impression. That's what we say in English, the, the same idea. You feel it. You feel that he's missing. You feel that we're missing a tzaddik in our, our midst. As long as the tzaddik is in the town, he's the glory of the place. Everybody who comes to visit says, oh, you know, we have a tzaddik here. The tzaddik is doing this, the tzaddik is doing that. Yatsamisham. When the tzaddik leaves that place, pana hoda, pana ziva, pana hadara, all of these things that he brought with him, leave. They leave the town. V'chein, it says in root. But they say, she left that place. When they left, when they left that place that they were in, everybody notices. They noticed Vayele Harana at the end of the Pasuk, Vayetse Yakomi Bershava says, Oh, we understand why the Pasuk says Vayetse Bi Bershava. I mean, to teach us something incidental. Or maybe not. Maybe to teach us something that is really about the story itself. <clears throat> maybe. Vayele Harana, the Pasuk says, Yatsala Lechad Lecharani. He began the trip to Haran. It doesn't mean he was there. Vayele Harana in Hebrew could be, and he went to he went to New York, meaning he's there. Or he left Yerushalayim to go to New York. It means he's not there yet. Maybe he's not there yet. So Let's review. Why was Yaakov leaving Eretz Israel? And leaving Eretz Israel was a theme that had to do 
with the lives of the Avot, and we could include Yosef. Let me just briefly, but do you remember Avram Avinu? Avram Avinu, there was a famine in the land. And Avram Avinu had to decide whether the famine that existed in the land, which was likely to drive him out, to drive him out of Eretz Kina'an, whether he should say, no, I mean, God promised that I would inherit the land. God promised that this is my place. God promised that I would be able to stay. So why should I, well, what should I do? At the end, Avram Avinu decided to leave and to go to Mitzrayim. Avram Avinu decided to leave and to go to Mitzrayim. And you know, we have that very strange Ramban in the beginning of Paragud Beis, that the, the, when, when he went down to Mitzrayim, the Ramban said that Avram Avinu Choto Chait Mishkaga. He mistakenly did it because he brought Sorai into danger. And by bringing her into danger, into a dangerous situation, because who knows, knows what would happen, he wasn't protected, maybe he shouldn't have gone. Maybe he shouldn't have gone. You remember that story. The next story is Yitzchak. There was a famine in the land, and Yitzchak looks around and he says, so because Yitzchak was the one who received the, the directions, from heaven. And if they came from Avram Avinu, they were also directions from heaven. And because Yitzchak could only do as he was instructed to do, he was not able to waver to the left or to the right. So Yitzchak apparently made this, had this understanding. He said that my father went. There was a famine in the land and my father went. So I imagined that I should also go. And he started to go, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu stopped him and said to him, look, for you, Yitzchak, there are new orders. Yeah. It's not the same as it was for Abraham. But there are new orders. And the new orders are that, you're going to stay here, stay in the land. I know there's a famine, but it'll be just fine. It'll be just fine. Of course, the story is a little bit more complicated, but that's the basic outline. Along comes Yaakov. But both of them, Avram, I'm sorry, Avram and Yitzchak, were talking about a short period of time until the famine subsided, and they were able, and they were able to return to their old lives. And Avram Avinu and Yitzchak, protected by God, did return, and did take up, and took up their old their old old lives. Now we come to Yaakov. Yaakov is in, in a difficult situation. He's not being forced to leave the country because of a famine. He's being forced to leave the country because his brother, twin brother, has uh, threatened to kill him. I mean, they didn't get along. And so his mother and father, Yitzchak, who suddenly becomes a little more aware of things, they both say to Yaakov, you better leave. And the place that you can go to is my relatives in Haran. That's what his mother said. And so he goes. He stays there for a long time. 
And he did something that his father and his grandfather did not do. He married, he had a family, he had a lot of children, he earned his way, he maintained ideological independence. Yaakov was the modern-day diaspora man. But at the end, at the end, when Yaakov had, after all, four wives and a bunch of children who didn't grow up in a Jewish neighborhood and were not able so easily to adapt or to adopt their father's ways and methods and leave everything that they knew and go to Eretz Canaan, they did it, in spite of the fact that it must have been very difficult. And we see that Rachel, Rachel stole the idols, stole her father's idols. We don't know what that was all about. We don't know why she did it, what stealing idols does, did for the father, what it did for her. Why couldn't she just destroy them somehow? Okay, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about the fact that Yaakov spent many years and, and and created many roots in that world. And yet, he was able to take himself and his wives and his children and go back to the place of where he came in spite of the fact that we'll see in next week's parasha that he was going back into a difficult situation. A difficult situation. So it's possible to say, it's possible to say that the DNA that was produced by the Avot, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, contained this element in it, that no matter what the reality is, I believe with full faith in the promise. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised that we're going to get Eretz Israel. We're going to get Eretz Israel. We're going to get it. It doesn't matter how long it's, it'll take it. It doesn't matter how many, what the vicissitudes are that will make it difficult for us. That all doesn't matter. But we know that the promise is intact and so. So you see that Avram, Avram put into us, put into us that Famine doesn't mean that there's no promise. Famine might mean at worst that the promise is delayed. But eventually, it'll become, eventually it'll be the promise. There won't be anything else. Yitzchak also was forced to leave home, but not the area which was called Eretz Canaan and Eretz Yisrael. And so he reinforced, he reinforced for us this idea that there's only one place, one place that we could be, Elohim Yaakov, and Yaakov said, in spite of the fact that I have wives and children and, 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 and uh, property, and I'm living a good life, maybe as good as living in New Jersey, 
or Los Angeles, I'm not sure. I'm living a good life. Nevertheless, I think only about think only about the future. And it's interesting, and not so interesting, but it's certainly true that Sheikh Nesadagdola, the people who devised the prayer that we call Shmonesra, I mean, half of the Shmonesra, the middle part of the Shmonesra, which is about things that we beseech God for, is about redemption. It's about redemption. And that, you, you know, I always say, the first temple was destroyed in, five, in uh, 586 BCE. And it took 50 years and everybody was coming back. Uh, that was something that was understandable. The prophet, prophet Jeremiah explained to everybody that the, that the punishment would be 50 years. And that's what happened. 50 years, they started rebuilding the Beit HaMikdash again. 586 to 536, 516, they already sacrificed. They built an altar. And they sacrificed. It made sense. It made sense that punishment would come to an end. That was also part of the promise. There would be punishment, yes. And some of the punishment would be difficult. But it would come to an end. And so, so then at that time, in the interregnum, you know, between building of Bayacheni, the beginning, and the end of Bayacheni, the end of Bayacheni, 70 CE. So in that time, in that time, the Anshik Zesadagdola composed Shmon And when they composed Shmon they said, listen, we want you to daven three times a day, and you can daven any way you think davening is, but what you have to remember, what you have to remember is the promise. Is the promise. And remembering the promise has kept us a nation. No, it has not been easy. No, it is not true that everybody is successful. No, it's not true that no one leaves the fold. That's all not true. But what is true is that we are still davening Shmona Esrei. Some of us, those of us who daven, are davening Shmona Esrei, and Shmona Esrei is about the promise. There'll be Yerushalayim, there'll be Beit HaMikdash, there'll be the family of David assuming leadership. All of that is part of the promise of Eretz Yisrael. And all of that is going to happen. All of that is going to happen. That's the promise. And that has kept us going, you know, that since the destruction of the temple, right, 50 years, the first temple, 50 years, and they started rebuilding the second temple. The second temple was destroyed in 70. You can make a cheshvan. You make a cheshvan. 2,000 years. Okay, it's a little bit not precise, but it's almost precise. But 2,000 years, we still claim to be the children of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And the reason that we claim that is because it's true. 
because the nature that that needed a nation and we had to make ourselves into a nation that nature comes from Abraham Yitzhak and Yaakov so Abraham as you know was the man of faith right he was the beloved of God he knew what Hashem Echad meant and he put it in us that we could look into it all the time. Yitzhak, what Yitzhak put into us, what Yitzhak put into us was obedience, acceptance, understand that you can't always figure out what God wants of us. It's enough that we know what it is. That was Yitzhak, Ola Tzmima. Ola Tzmima, an unblemished, Sacrifice. Yitzchak. When I come to Yaakov, Yaakov is the one who said, no diaspora is going to beat it out of me. No diaspora is going to change me into a person who didn't have a father and didn't have a grandfather. No one. And that's, that's what we are. That's what we've done. I mean, we just think of the of the diasporas we've gone through, of the way that we've had to live in certain on certain occasions, and we kept at it. We kept at it. There was no way. There was no way. As I often say, you know, Rav Nachman of Roslev came to Eretz Yisrael, went to Tzvat, said hello to the Hasidim there, turned around and went back. Went back to the Ukraine. I was wondering, always wondered, why did he do that? If he took the trouble to come, he should have stayed. Why did he go back? So I said, I imagine, Rav Nachman, I imagine. It's all my imagining. Rav Nachman said, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for redemption. Maybe we should, I should think about it, Rav Nachman says. Maybe I should think about the redemption of Am Yisrael. So he did. And he said, I'll go to Eretz Yisrael. And he went to Eretz Yisrael and he turned around. He looked in back of him, of himself, and he saw there was no one following him. No one else came. He said, oh, it's that time. It's not time. The people are not ready. They are not yet accepting of the obligations of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And he went back to the Ukraine, we eventually became famous. But there is this idea, there is this idea that we might not be ready yet. We might have to do more. And that was Yaakov. Yaakov said, we have to keep alive the idea that the promise is real. So the Pasuk says, the second Pasuk says, There are five stitches. You know, the, the Pasuk is information uh, here. Not all of it understandable. It says, 
Rashi says, doesn't say which makom. It says, Bamakom. He, he met up, he, he came to a place. Ella bimakom and makom So Rashi says, it must be that there's a reference somehow to a makom, to a place that's mentioned elsewhere in the Chumash. And so he says, no, that's Haramoriyah. It says he saw the place from far away, Hamakom. So where was where was Yaakov? He was in the Makom, a designated place. Haramoriah, designated to be the house of God. He was in a special place. Rashi goes on, and Rashi says, Kimo Upagabi Yericho, he came to there, he came to the city of Yericho, Yoshua. Upagabi Davshat. Right? He came to another place. Rabotenu Pirshu Lishon Tfila. Another explanation for the word Vaivga is Tfila. Kimo Valtivgabi. Okay. And they learned from this that Yaakov was the one who invented Aravit. Either, I don't know it means he invented the Nusach that we use. But this idea that you have to daven three times a day came from the Avot. Abraham in the morning and Yitzchak in the afternoon and Yaakov at night. So it's like you cover your waking hour. Waking hours. So, so, okay, maybe that's right. But why did the Torah do that? Why did the Torah write by Yitpalel? By Yitpalel meaning he davened. To teach us that Yaakov Avinu kind of moved very quickly. He went from wherever he was to Haramoria in no time at all, Kapsalo Haaretz. As it is clearly stated, the Perch Gida Nashe and Chulin, right? That it doesn't come to teach you that he davened, but it comes to teach you that God was totally in charge of what was going on with Yaakov Avinu and Kavtsaharet. It's as though the 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 land folded up, and he got from one place to the other in no time, and no time at all. So that's the first part of the pasuk, right? Either he davened. Because he knew that that was a place where you should daven. Or Vayivgava Makom means he got there quickly. He was he was on the divine magic carpet. Then the Pasuk says, Vayalen Sham Kiba Hashemesh. Rashi says about Kiba Hashemesh. Again, Hayalo Lichtovayavo Hashemesh. Why did, why did the Torah change its way? Vayavo Hashemesh means sunset. Kiva Hashemesh. Mashma, 
ששקעה לו חמה, פתאום, שלא בעונתה. וקיבה השמש means he didn't expect it. It happened, it happened suddenly. Suddenly the sun set. כדי שילין שם, in order to make sure that he sleeps in that place. In what place we learn? Haramoria. Haramoria is the place of Akedat Yitzchak, and the place where the Beit HaMikdash will be built. And then he took a stone, uh, he took a stone, and he put it under his head, put his head to sleep, to sleep on, he made it into like a gutter around his head. And uh, he was afraid of the wild animals in that area. Uh, the stone started arguing. One said, I'll be the pillow for his head. So God turned all the stones that were fighting with each other into one, into one stone. And this is what it, the Pasuk means by singular. Even though here in this Pasuk it says, that there were a lot of Avanim, but it turned out there were only one, so that's a hint to the fact that God turned all the stones into a single stone, into, into a single stone, and that's the stone that Yaakov put his head on. So I understand, I, I don't understand, but I could be convinced that Yaakov was supposed to put his head down in the place where the Beit HaMikdash was supposed to be built, and a place where, uh, but what, what is the business with the stones? Well, you know, you know that proper prayer, proper relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu ends with Birkat Shalom, doesn't it? Avarech et Amo Yisrael, Shalom and Birkat Shalom. In, in order for in order for the Beit Hamikdash or the place of the Beit Hamikdash to impress Yaakov, like to say, this is it, this is the place that we are waiting for, that we're dreaming of. So there had to be shalom. So it was just Yaakov; he was the only one there. But there were stones, and the stones, in metaphorically, produced peace. Metaphorically, produced peace. And he lied down in that place. Why did the Torah? Why did the Torah tell us in order to remind us that in another place he didn't go to sleep. He slept in this place because there was shalom, 
And also to remind us of the fact that when he was in the Yaakov, uh, when Yaakov was in the yeshiva, slicha, he says, about the 14 years that he was in the house of Aver, who was the the one who was the Rosh Yeshiva, the Yeshiva that he attended, right? He never slept at night because he was involved in Torah, in Torah learning. The last pasuk, the last pasuk that we have on the sheet is by Yachalom. Yachalom v'nei sulam mutzavar. So there's a ladder, ladder, kind of facing the ground or in the ground. V'roshom agiyah shabbai man. The head of the ladder goes all the way to heaven. So this reminds me, you know, this reminds me of the fact that there was a rakia, and the rakias separated the the light or the water above the rakia from that which was below the rakia, and from the time of Migdal Bavel. From the time that the Jews and the Jews were the people saw that there was this separation in them and the and the uh, and that there was the above the Rakia, the world of man below the Rakia, and somehow the obvious thing to do is to kind of get up there. And so they tried to build the Tower of Babel, and that Tower of Babel idea didn't work out for them. But, I mean, it was it was an idea. It was something that people would think about. How do we get to God? How do we get closer to God? So Kodesh Baruch Hu decided to let Yaakov in on a big secret. And you might call that the secret of Eretz Yisrael. The secret of Eretz Yisrael is that the Malachim, that the angels that protect us in Eretz Yisrael are different from and not as great as the angels that protect us in Chutzlaretz. And the angels, the angels are a sign for the closeness, assuming that we're always trying. We're always trying to made, meet up with God's world. We're always trying to figure out how to get closer to God. So Yaakov is let in on a secret, and that secret is that the place which God presents to us, which gives us a gift. And you might say, what's the gift? I mean, what we get, I mean, what's the difference between Eretz Canaan and some other land in the area? 
Maybe we could go to Abu Dhabi. That would be good. Bahrain. Maybe someday we'll Saudi Arabia. So Kodesh Bochum wanted to tell Yaakov what exactly he's getting. And if he's able to buy inexpensive land in Haran, if he's able to make a good deal with his relatives in the house of Betuel, it's never going to be as good. It's never going to be as good as Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael Malachim Olim V'yordimbo. And if it's true, if it's true, that it's even more interesting than when Yaakov came back to Eretz Yisrael, when Yaakov came back to Eretz Yisrael, being encouraged, of course, by Kodesh Baruch Hu. The very last psukim in the parasha by Yetzi, which are not on the sheet, but are in the parasha. The last psukim. The Pesach says, Perglamet Bet Pasuk Aleph, I'll just read it to you. Yavan got up in the morning. After they had a discussion, they kind of worked it out. You know, they made peace. You know about peace? They all kissed each other. And he blessed them. That's so all Lavan left. Left this place where they met Yaakov and Lavan. And Yaakov and Yaakov continued. And he met up with Malachi Elohim, the angels of God. Remember? The Rashi says, if you don't remember, Malachim shall Eretz Yisrael ba'olikrato, the angels of Eretz Yisrael, the ones he left behind when he went to Haran, and he went with the angels of Chutzla Eretz, but now the angels of Eretz Yisrael came back again, lilavotola Eretz, in order to bring him, bring him to Eretz, Eretz Yisrael. The last pasuk is Vatomer Yaakov Am. And Yaakov Avinu, when he saw the angels, we saw the angels of Eretz Israel said, Machane Elohim Zeh. This is a camp of, of God, the divine camp. And he called it, he called the place Machanaim, the ending Ayim, meaning two. There were two, two camps. So you see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he showed Yaakov the Malachim, Olimvi Yardim, he gave him a hint. He said, I want you to understand. He said, I want to understand that you could buy real estate in Haran. 
You can invest in the stock market in Haran. You can do things outside of Eretz Yisrael that most people consider to be positive, good, reasonable, but you can't Eretz Yisrael because the angels are not so interested in the money. They're not so interested in how you could how you could uh, achieve uh, physical comfort. They're not so much involved in that, but they are involved in Eretz Yisrael. They are there. They're available. They're able, you could find angels wherever you look for them. Wherever you look for them, if you look for them. If you look for them. So the point of Eretz Yisrael is that it's true that it's a land, and it's true that you could treat it like property, but it's also true that Eretz Yisrael grants you the kind of closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you might be looking for and won't be able to get any place else. Oh yeah, you'll be able to get a shul, you'll be able to get a school, and you'll even be able to get super kosher food. But whether you'll be able to get God, that's another question. And it seems to me that the Avot, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, their nature was to implant in us a search, a true search for God, because it was possible. But where? In Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, apparently, that's the idea in the book of Breshit. Have a wonderful Shabbos. All the best. Be well.